This is Top Floor, episode 25. You can find the show notes at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 25. Welcome to Top Floor with Susan Berry. This weekly podcast ride up to the top floor features tangible tips and excellent stories from the experts and characters who elevate hospitality. And now your host and elevator operator, Susan Berry. Welcome to the show. It's your old pal, Susan Berry. Since this is episode 25, it's time for a solo episode. Before I jump into the meat of today's topic, I wanted to share some exciting news from up here on the top floor. We were so honored to be named among several of my favorite shows as one of the top 30 podcasts in hospitality. Thank you to the International Hospitality Institute for the recognition. In this episode, I'm going to do a deep dive into a hospitality topic and share my thoughts and lessons learned. Today, we're going to cover why it may be time to blow up the hotel sales office. But first, I'm going to answer the call button. The emergency call button is our hotline for hospitality professionals who have burning marketing questions. You can submit your question at 850-404-9630. Today's question was submitted by me, actually. I wanted to find out how hotels are dealing with lead spam. What I'm referring to here are leads that come through online sources like Cvent and Hotel Planner that may be inappropriate for the receiving hotel. And I want to be clear that these online sources aren't spammers. It's that sometimes users select many, many, many more hotels than they actually need in order to get the best price. What are some tips and tricks for hotels who don't have the capacity to handle all that stuff? I reached out to my friend, Robin Moncrief, hotel sales leader and co-host of the podcast, Don't Look Under the Bed. If you like Top Floor, you'll definitely want to tune in to Don't Look Under the Bed, which Robin hosts with her friend, Nikki Wade. Robin gave a great answer. This is a great question. When you talk about hotel planner, a best practice for me is to set up filters and an auto response that mirrors the OTA discount strategy. Relative to Cvent, in my experience, the leads are typically more vetted and qualified and have a professional meeting planner attached to them. Somebody like American Express or Helms Briscoe. Thanks for the great advice and tips, Robin. That auto response in hotel planner can be a lifesaver for sure. Let's take a short break here and then we'll talk some more. Top Floor is sponsored in part by the 33rd Hunter Hotel Investment Conference, taking place March 22nd through 24th at the Atlanta Marriott Marquis. Hunter brings together the hotel industry's most influential leaders and investors for networking opportunities and insightful sessions on hospitality trends. Deals are built on meaningful relationships, and Hunter is where deals get done. For more information, visit hunterconference.com. And now back to the show. Okay, let's dive in. I'm nervous about this because it's definitely going to be controversial. 
But today I'm going to talk about what it would be like to completely stop doing hotel sales the way we have been for years and years and years and years. Fair warning, the terms and concepts I'm using in this episode may be harmful to some patients. I'm just kidding, but they may be unfamiliar to our listeners from outside the world of hotel group sales. I'll put some detailed definitions, explanations, et cetera, in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. To give you some backstory, I was a director of sales and marketing in full service hotels for 10 years before I started my company. All of the hotels were managed by the parent company, and only a couple had outside owners. That definitely ages me because these days, almost no hotels are owned or managed by the names that you see outside the building. My first hotel job was a director of catering and convention services position, and I have booked and cooked plenty of business myself. After I started my company, Hive Marketing, I took on task force assignments as director of sales in many other hotels up until a few years ago, meaning that while I started my hotel career back in the days of the big book where you used a pencil to cross out and reserve meeting space, my experience didn't end back there in ye olden times. The point of saying all this is to explain that I have spent a lot of time in hotel sales offices through the dot-com bus, the post-September 11th recession, and the financial crisis. There are undoubtedly nuances that I will miss because I haven't been on property during this pandemic, and I'm not an expert on the day-to-day running of a sales office in a select service hotel, but I have a good feel for it in general. And I think it's time to blow it up. I want to level set how the buying process has changed. At the beginning of my career in the late 90s, the internet was a nascent creature, just a little tiny baby, barely born, so much so that we were not even allowed to have internet access in my first sales office because the powers that be thought we were going to screw around or download porn or whatever. As such, if someone wanted to book a meeting, she had to come to the hotel, go on a site tour, and ask me questions about what we had, or else wait for a sales kit to arrive in the mail. We could fax menus, and I even had a stencil that allowed me to draw by hand diagrams of how a meeting room would be set up for an event. Our clients would have maybe heard about our ballroom or like a famous chicken dish from somebody else, but more often than not, they legit flip through the yellow pages to try to find us. I spent hours and hours and hours on the phone answering questions, collecting details, trying to book business. In other words, The sales process was really about helping to educate buyers on how our offering would meet their needs. Hotels needed big sales teams because y'all talking through the specs of a three-day meeting on the phone takes all day so much time. This is going to sound so braggadocious, but it's pertinent to my point. So just be cool. I was an extremely successful hotel salesperson and director of sales and marketing. I won a bunch of awards and developed lots of my team members to be, you know, future rock star leaders. I just generally, I could sell. This was true both in good economic times and in bad. And I will tell you that while I did some 
well-researched prospecting calls and faked my way through plenty more, 75% of my success and the success I witnessed in other salespeople boiled down to one simple thing, following up. It wasn't that I was a spectacular prospector and hunter who could you know, create demand with my smooth words and perfectly articulated value proposition. I followed up. I remembered to send the right menus to client A and the right proposal to client B, and I generally said what I was going to do and did it. That's the 75%. The other 25% was and is, I think, that I'm a good closer. As I've witnessed firsthand in my career, buyers have changed a lot because of the internet. From the perspective of hotel sales, buyers no longer need to tour the hotel in order to see the space or be given a sales kit. They can find floor plans, menus, capacity charts, all that stuff on every hotel's website. My little stencil with the holes in it to outline schoolies and SERPs is obsolete. It's been replaced by software or, you know, even just like shapes in a Word document to make a, a diagram. Emails have replaced phone calls. Emails have replaced mailed contracts and emails have replaced faxes. Everything a buyer needs to know is available to her long before she ever steps foot in a hotel, including plenty of reviews and every wholesale rate that's being sold by intermediaries. Stay with me here because I promise this isn't a morality tale about how like the good old days were better. It's just buyers don't need hotel salespeople to educate them because all of the education they need, all of the like pictures and videos and all of everything is sitting there online waiting to be seen. So this is the part in my rant where people are probably sitting in their car yelling at the steering wheel, some version of, you know, good salespeople don't just sell that basic information. It's not just dates, rates, and space. Good salespeople add value and demonstrate how their hotel is unique. It's a fair point. Okay. Except, let's be honest, most hotels aren't unique. Most hotels do not have an ocean view or a spa or a genealogy concierge or a cultural heritage tour. 73% of the hotel rooms in the United States belong to a chain. Out of those branded hotel rooms, less than 3% are in luxury hotels. A hotel chain is by definition not unique. It is designed and operated to look and feel the same as all of the other hotels in the chain. There are 165 hotels on the Forbes five-star list, and yet every single hotel says they have excellent service. Even the very fancy boutique hotel I opened had basically the same amenities as all of our competitors, just with like better art and a sexier bar. I'm being deliberately provocative here. I mean, of course, there are differences between hotel brands, but I can't say that there are enough to sustain the idea that hotel salespeople just have to demonstrate value and uniqueness in order to win business. What would happen if we stopped pushing that boulder up the hill? What would happen if we stopped swimming against the tide? If clients can access almost all of the information they need to narrow down their choices before they email out the RFP, why not invest in making that information better? 
What if there was better tech that could dynamically quote group rates? What if hotel companies invested in enabling individual properties to create beautiful graphics and make videos and all kinds of compelling content that would assist in the differentiation process before the buyer gets to the hotel? If we know that buyers want to and do do their own research long before they talk to a salesperson, why not fill up all of those channels with the sweet stories and great examples of above and beyond service at hotels? Put another way, if we invested in better top-of-the-funnel marketing, we would meet clients where they want to buy. If we allow meeting planners to self-select and focus on feeding good business to the bottom of the funnel, how much more effectively could we be at closing amazing deals? Taken a step further, what if instead of having to train salespeople a thousand different skills, most of which involve using outdated technology with terrible interfaces, no offense, What if instead of that, we focused on teaching them just to be better at upselling and closing once the business reaches the bottom of the funnel at the hotel? Okay, folks, that concludes the episode that will probably cause me to lose a lot of hotel friends. Is there anything I missed or anything that made you especially mad at me? Let me know on Instagram at topfloorpod or give me a call at 850-404-9630. Before I leave you, we are going to head down to the loading dock where all of the best stories get told. Going down. Most hotel people have a story about somebody naked in the lobby or naked in the hallway or naked in the elevator. Lots and lots of naked people in hotels. This often happens because people wake up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom They walk out the front door to their hotel room instead of into the bathroom and lock themselves out. My story today does not involve being naked, but it does involve one of the many times I did that very thing, walked out of the door instead of into the bathroom. I was on a work trip, yes, a work trip, and somehow locked myself out of my room. Feeling a little bit underdressed for a walk through the snow to the resort's lobby, I did what I guess any normal person would do. I found the coffee table in the elevator landing lobby, curled right up on it, and went to sleep. (laughs) I awoke to a clomp sound as families in ski boots made their way past my sweet resting place to the elevator to hit the slopes. I rolled over, closed my eyes, and hoped that if I couldn't see them, they wouldn't remember my face. And that, my friends, is why you lock the inside deadbolt of your hotel room. Thanks for riding up to the top floor with me. I appreciate all of your support. Thanks so much for listening. You can find the show notes for today's episode at topfloorpodcast.com forward slash episode forward slash 25. Top Floor is produced by John Albano, who also composed and performed our elevated elevator music with vocals by Cameron Albano. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues after you leave us a five-star review. 
You can subscribe to Top Floor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Thanks for listening to the Top Floor Podcast at www.topfloorpodcast.com. Have a hospitality marketing question? Reach us at 850-404-9630 to be featured in a future episode. 